you've ever heard the name Andy Harold Harris. But Andy was a guide for a group of about eight people, one of three guides, that took people up to Mount Everest. He had never been up there himself, but he'd been all over the world climbing mountains, so he was an experienced climber. When he got up to the top, he just soaked it all in. And he stayed there a little bit longer than he should have. And some from the team of eight that they brought up had already left. I think both other guides had already left, but Andy was still there. And so as he began to make his way down, he became deprived of oxygen. And it started having an effect on him. And so he called the base camp and he told them the predicament that he was in. And they said, don't worry, Andy, there's all kinds of oxygen canisters on your way down. Just use any of those. And he said, I've seen them, but they're empty. And his mind was starting to go. The oxygen just well, it wasn't getting there. And so they kept telling him, Andy, please use the oxygen. It's right there around you. Use it. He said, no, they're empty. Andy didn't make it off that mountain. And you know, Jesus Christ is our oxygen. Had you ever thought of that before? We may have Bibles all around us. We may have prayer warriors all around us. We may have caring, gentle, kind, loving people all around us. And yet we might be deprived of Jesus being present with us because of our busyness. We don't take the time. So it's almost like being deprived of oxygen. Last month, I took a trip for a study week, and I want to thank you all so much for providing that for us pastors. Also, Pastor David, he makes sure that I get that in. And so I went to another state, and I rented some workspace on the 10th floor of the largest building in that state. I felt like on the 10th floor, I was there all by myself. I really wasn't, but it, but it seemed that way. And I planned a 12-month preaching program. It's wonderful to not have to worry every Monday, what am I going to preach on Sunday? And I planned a 2021-2022 Bible study uh, for over at Trinity Oaks. And uh, then I planned and made goals and implementation for the areas that I oversee here at the church. Trinity Oaks, hospitality, uh, the homebound, the widows, senior adult ministry, and pastoral care. And so I came away from there with a plan. But you know what was most important to me? It was that precious time of being with Jesus every day. I, I looked forward to walking into that office every morning and spending the day with him as I planned all these things and making special time for him. So by the time Friday came along, I was filled to overflowing. I felt like I'd been on a mountaintop experience. And you know, I really had. 
I want to read for you this morning from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. It's the story of the transfiguration. Listen to these words. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there's good, and appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. The transfiguration was a mountaintop experience for Peter and James and John. So what is a mountaintop experience? I think that's probably a good starting point for us this morning. What is it? It's the unusual awareness of the person, the presence, the power, and the glory of our Lord Jesus. It can also be the awareness of him in our day-to-day -day lives, a mountaintop experience. I want to share four things with you about a mountaintop experience this morning. Number one, a genuine mountaintop experience intensifies the significance of the Lord. It intensifies the significance of the Lord. You know, if they gave awards back in the first century to men like the apostles, maybe they would give an outstanding apostle of the year. Maybe they would give an award the best supporting apostle. But I think Peter would have received a unique award. It would have been the understatement of the year. The understatement of the year. He would have won that particular award. Now, let me recall for you what happened. Jesus took Peter and James and John up on the mountain, and they hadn't been up there any time when Jesus was transfigured. The Bible tells us his face was like the sun. His clothes were as bright as the brightest light. It probably almost blinded John and Peter and James. And all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah showed up. Imagine that. Two of the great men of the faith of the Old Testament, they showed up. Now listen to the very beginning 
of verse 4 because I now want to share with you what the understatement was. And you probably figured this out, but you need to hear it again. It says in the beginning of verse 4, And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we're here. Okay, imagine that for a moment. Peter says, Lord, it's good that we're here. You better believe it was good that they were there. That would be the understatement of the year. I really believe that. But Peter got caught up in the moment. Had you ever stopped and wondered that when you read that passage? He got caught up in the moment. And he says, there's, there's Moses. Oh, wow. This is really something. I can't take it all in. But there's Elijah over there. And Jesus, of course, you're here. What more could anybody ask for? It's so perfect. He was just literally caught up in the moment on that mountain. He didn't even know what to say. So I think he was saying some things that we might giggle at a little bit today, but he was sincere. He was honest. He was real. There are, those are my three heroes. They're here with me right now. Well, Mike, I don't know if I'll ever have a mountaintop experience. Why? Because there aren't that many mountains in Paraland. Hey, listen. You don't need a mountain. A mountaintop experience can happen in your bedroom. It could happen right here in worship. It could happen when you're sick. It could happen when you're at the funeral of a loved one, a friend, and you're looking at their casket or their urn. See, Jesus can be present wherever he wants to and whenever he wants to. He can make that happen. And we call that today a mountaintop experience. Oh, I got to show you all something. This is good. Do you all know what this is? You know what that is? Let me let everybody take a look at that. It's a dryer sheet. A dryer sheet. And there's ingredients in this sheet that take away the staticness from your clothes. Now, Patty, if you wouldn't mind sticking your fingers in your ears right now, I don't want you to hear this, so I'm going to talk to everybody else. On Friday when I'm off, I might wash a load of clothes. And when I do that, I use these in the dryer because I know that's what she does, so I should do it too. Well, do you know what happens? When I'm through, I find these things everywhere. Yeah, I find them down in the pants leg of my pants. I find them under the armpit of his shirt. I find them everywhere. But they serve a great purpose they take the static out of your clothes. And that is what's important. Now, I want you to hear this. Jesus can take the static out of our lives if we'll just allow him to do that. He'll take it out, and he'll replace that static with himself. And he knows we've got our fair share of static in our lives. We may not have any today, but look out for tomorrow. 
because it's coming. Secondly, a genuine mountaintop experience is always momentary. It's always momentary. Listen to verse 5. It says, He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I have well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. A cloud, this cloud, was temporary. It was only going to be there for moments, maybe minutes, maybe 20 minutes at the most. But the message that we get from this is permanent. It never ends. It goes on and on and on. Um, Peter was happy. I think Peter... Now, I'm imagining this in my mind, y'all, okay? But I think Peter took everything in, and he said, Lord, I think I'm going to make three tents, one for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for you. How would you like that? That wasn't what Jesus had in mind. But Peter wanted to stay right there. He didn't want anything to change he wanted to hold on to that moment. Imagine yourself with Moses and Elijah and Jesus and God the Father. He didn't want anything to change. I remember, this was a long time ago now, but I remember back in 1984, I'd been an associate pastor in three churches, and I was finally at a church where I was the pastor. And so I went to a conference out in California, and there were probably 500 pastors from all over North America that were there. And the speakers were outstanding. But the main thing it did for me, it changed my whole focus of ministry. As a pastor, I was going in this direction, but that week changed me to go in another direction. As Omar said earlier, I love discipleship. I love to see people grow. I've noticed that a lot of people know their Bibles backwards and frontwards, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what the Christian life is really all about. So it changed my whole focus that week. And I can remember that like it was yesterday. And it was a lot of years ago, several decades ago. Can you remember a time in your life when you had something like a mountaintop experience an opportunity with God like you'd never had before and he left you a message the message may have been simple but God had never given you a message like that before I want you to know something if that's happened to you and if it hasn't and you're earnest about your relationship with him it's probably going to happen. And when it does, know that that mountaintop experience is no guarantee of victory tomorrow. Doesn't work that way. Victory is a daily walk. It's one step at a time to keep that victory alive and well in us.
Mike, I don't think I fit on a mountain. I've never invited Christ into my life as my personal Savior. I've just not done that. I've been attending this church for a couple of years, and I really like it. I love to come to the worship services on Sunday morning. I love to be around the people. They're so gracious and so kind and so caring. But by faith, I've never trusted in Christ. I guess, Mike, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Well, I want you to know something. You don't have to wait any longer. The waiting is over. In a few moments, I'm going to give an invitation, especially for you. And I want you to say to yourself right now, my waiting is over with. Today's the day. In fact, Jesus may have even said to you this morning, while you were still at home, if Mike gives an invitation this morning, you come. And you're feeling it right now in your heart. As if the Holy Spirit of God is working on you and saying, this is what you've been waiting for. Today is the day. Thirdly, a genuine mountaintop experience has importance. It's important. Listen to this beginning in verse 6. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. You know, if you and I have a mountaintop experience, it ought to add to our praise, our worship, magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it ought to do. Speaking about praise, I wonder sometimes what God thinks when he's listening to so-called gimme Christians. Lord, can I have this? Lord, can I have that? You know, if we're really praising God, if we have the relationship with him that we ought to have, we ought to be asking God for our needs. And then just, why can't we just praise him after that? But it's always asking him for one thing or another, as if it was the most important thing in all the world, praise. And there's worship. If we've had a mountaintop experience, it ought to open us completely up to worship. You know, I think sometimes we take what we call the worship service and we divide it into segments. And sometimes we miss the opportunities there. Do you know that when we praise and worship, I could hear you all singing this morning. It was glorious. And when that takes place, we meet Jesus right here. If we ever leave this place on Sunday morning about noon and we haven't met Jesus, then we've missed it all. And it all goes back to when we're singing out of our hearts and we're praising him and he's getting us ready for the message that is going to come. If we don't meet Jesus in this place, 
we can go home and that evening what happened here this morning will evaporate it will disintegrate because we never met him we just had a religious experience and that's all there was to it we need to meet Jesus Christ you know Mike I've been a Christian for a number of years but I think I'm the same as I was a number of years I don't think I've ever grown I think spiritually I'm that same man or woman that I was years ago the day I was baptized I haven't really grown I've learned a lot about the Bible I've been to so many Bible studies I can't count them I've lost track but I just haven't been able to figure out what to do with that could you help me last but not least a genuine mountaintop experience has results look with me at verse 9 and as they were coming down the mountain Jesus commanded them tell no one the vision until the son of man is raised from the dead they came down off the mountain, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. When we go, he goes. Can I say that again? When we go, he goes. He goes ahead of us. I think we know that in our mind, but we've never transferred it to our heart. We don't live like if we go, he goes with us it's down in the valley where you and I are shaped let me remind you what they found when they went down into the valley they found a father and his demonic son and it was pitiful it was the saddest sight you would ever see and Jesus pulled that demon right out of him and made him whole again. But there was something not good in that scene. It was powerless apostles. Powerless apostles. The dad even said, why couldn't your apostles do something for my boy? Because they were powerless. Do you know today, in 2021, there's something even worse than that it's a powerless church a powerless church I think when a church is powerless they have a lack of faith you know look around you this morning I wonder if our faith was really legitimate on an ordinary Sunday here there's about 300 people We've got a great crowd this morning. I don't have any idea how many are here, but let's pretend like for a moment there are the same 300. There's just some people that have gone off for the holiday. Other people have taken their place. So I want you to imagine for a moment, what if one-fourth, one out of every four people here contacted somebody over the next four weeks each week and brought them to church with them, we would double the size of our people here. What an impact on people's lives. 
what an impact on our ministry to families. You know, if we believed that strongly enough, we'd have the faith to accomplish it. Also, a powerless church has a lack of prayer. Somebody told me in the last month that they attended a church that was a praying church. Isn't that good? You know what I thought? Compared to what? Compared to what? If they had said, I attend a church that has three or four prayer groups and they pray on a regular basis, I wouldn't even have questioned that in my mind. But they were saying, I attend a praying church. If we just had enough faith, if we became the praying people that God desires us to become, a lot of things would be different. And also, if a church is powerless, not only are they lacking faith and prayer, but they're lacking concern. Concern for others. Could we possibly use the rest of the summer and into the fall to recover and to revitalize our church? You say, why are you saying that? Because we have been in a pandemic hibernation for about 15 months. Maybe before March of 2020, 15 months ago, maybe our concern was not where it ought to be. And then the hibernation kicked in and made things a lot worse. Could we use the next few months to revitalize and recover whatever we lost? You know, there were seven people on that mountain. And then Moses and Elijah left the mountain, disappeared, and went back to heaven. And God the Father disappeared and went back to heaven. And that left Jesus and the three to go down into the valley. You know, not everybody has the same mountaintop experience. How many apostles were there? Twelve. How many went on the mountain? Three. Everybody's is different. Now, here's my invitation this morning. I want to invite that person who's been waiting, somebody who would say, I need Christ. I just needed that push to receive him. I'm open. I don't know what's been holding me back. I like it when I'm here on Sunday. I leave here, and Monday through Friday, I'm out there at the workplace, and I'm with my friends, and I'm starting to live like they are. But then I'm back here on Sunday, and I keep repeating that cycle over and over and over again. And I feel that emptiness and I'm tired of feeling the emptiness. I want something to fill it. And from what you're telling me, it's Jesus Christ, my Savior and my Lord. I want to ask you to come this morning. And all you have to do is look at me and say three words. I want Jesus. 
you don't have to say, this is what got me to this point. This is why I've not done anything till now. I'm a good person, but no, you don't have to say anything like that. All you have to do is say, I want Jesus. And then I'm probably speaking this morning to someone who could say, I've been a Southern Baptist for years, for decades. And I'm afraid I've never really grown. I want to grow. I don't want to be the same person I'm right now. I look around me and I see people who I think have grown, but I haven't. I want you to come this morning too. And I want you to allow one of our deacons to pray with you. And you don't have to give them any explanation. All you have to do is give them three simple words too. I want change. I want change. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you, Lord, for being in this place this morning. Undoubtedly, you were here. But you're always here. But sometimes we miss it. So, Lord, make yourself real in these final moments. Speak to our hearts. Give us that message that we need to hear. It may be different for everybody, but customize it for me. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Would you stand, please?